Fierce Women Writing is a partner of We Need Diverse Books, a nonprofit that advocates for diversity in children's and young adult publishing at every level. They have many programs that support this mission, including grants, mentorships, and retreats for writers, classroom book giveaways, an app for diverse book recommendations, and others. Learn how you can help them put more books featuring diverse characters into the hands of all children at weneeddiversebooks.org. Welcome to Fierce Women Writing, the podcast where female voices are elevated, creativity is ignited, and writers are inspired. I believe that stories can enlighten, heal, and entertain the reader and the writer. First, the writer has to quiet their doubts long enough to get the words on the page. I'm here to help you put your doubts away and focus on your creativity. Every day I talk to writers and would-be writers who aren't writing. They're not writing because they don't think they're good enough, because they've been rejected, don't have time, or don't know where to start. That's why I created this show, so that you can hear from other writers who want to inspire you to share the stories that only you can tell. I'm Sarah Gallagher. Come write with me. Hey there, Fierce Writers. Today's guest is Timnesha Green-Kim. Timnesha Green-Kim is a Black queer author, and her new book is called Athena's Quest, A Lesbian's Quest for Normality, which is available on Amazon. Outside of being an author, she works to produce scholarships for deserving K-12 students each summer through Timmy's Call to Action Scholarship Program. Here's Timnesha reading from her memoir, Athena's Quest, A Lesbian's Quest for Normality. So I'm just going to share a part of Athena's quest, the very first chapter. I envision being in the choir, hearing the tambourines play, clapping to the beat of the drums, singing soprano at the top of my lungs, and listening to the gospel from the pastor. That was my childhood. One day, things would change, and these things would shake up my whole world. You see, I grew up a good girl, but something in me was suffocating. I kept the secret for many years until I couldn't keep it anymore. I knew I was different. I've always been different. Anxiety filled my world. Loneliness became my best friend. Fear crippled me. Questions popped in my head. Like would I be stoned? Would I be accepted? Would I be any more or less than a child of God? Would I continue to force myself to do things that I didn't want to just to feel normal? Would they just say that this is a phase? Would they still know that I am me? Hi, my name is Athena, and here's my story about being a Black woman in America, a Black lesbian woman in America. Before I go any further, I must take you back to the very beginning. The bell rang at noon to dismiss for lunch. Flying feet stormed the hallways. It was always complete chaos to get to the cafeteria but I had to make it a point to follow her, even if that meant pushing my Hello Kitty backpack through the crowd, not caring if the tip of it swiped across the hungry kid's face. The line for lunch was always lengthy, but I didn't mind. I was too captivated at the sight of her. She was the most popular girl in my class. I watched as all the boys flocked around her, wishing to do anything at her command. At that time, I didn't know what those smitten feelings were. I thought they were just being innocent. You know, everyone wants to be friends with a popular girl. I, too, felt like one of the boys flocking toward her. 
but not just because she was popular. I was drawn to her because she was the most beautiful girl I'd laid eyes on. It was then, that very day at lunch in the third grade, that I knew I was different, and I took great pains to conceal that secret. But that feeling surfaced again when I attended a new school. Only this time, those feelings became stronger. Walking into Wayside Magnet, I could feel the nervousness rush through my body. I was the new girl, and this was a whole different atmosphere. That's when I saw her, Tony. She was Mexican and black. Her caramel skin sparkled as if kissed by the sun. She had the perfect long legs and the perfect smile. Her dimples were like angel thumbprints, highlighting her beauty. Her long, glinty hair was always in frizzy plaits and looked unkept, dull, and not moistured, which never was a bother to me. I was instantly drawn into her. She was different from the previous girl, a little rough around the edges, a tomboy, and I loved it. Maybe this school wouldn't be so bad after all, I thought to myself. There was only about a small population of black students, so it wasn't surprising that Tony and I ran in the same circle. Unlike my first girl crush, I didn't have to follow Tony. She was always within arm's reach, and if I had my way, I died then for my first kiss with a girl. Here, at a very young age, I'm sitting here fantasizing about my first kiss with a girl. I watched Tony closely. We were friends, so it wasn't hard to keep up with her. Every day on the play yard, my eyes would adore her. She was very sporty, and I figured competing against the guys gave her an adrenaline rush. I wasn't very sporty at all, so I settled for being a cheerleader. Her cheerleader. Only that while cheering for my friend, I was cheering for my crush. Only she she never knew. That crush quickly became... It came to a halt, however. I guess puppy love is the best way to put it. It was the day my crush played truth or dare and kissed a boy. I was part of the popular crowd, but an outcast at the same time. So I wasn't picked to participate in those kind of games, which was okay with me since I felt no excitement about kissing a boy. However, seeing my crush excited to kiss a guy brought back the reality that that kind of interaction was normal. I knew Tony would never see me as gorgeous as I saw her, and I again made every effort to live a normal life like the other girls. Thanks so much for reading for us today. Welcome to the show, Timnesha. Hey, Sarah. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. How are you? I'm doing great today. Thanks. Timnesha, what are the ideal conditions for you to write? When I write, I am normally in my bed, (laughs) in pajamas. And I usually write on my phone, like in the notes on my iPhone, so that it's very personal to me. Like I'm in like my own personal space. Um, literally, yeah, I'm writing on my phone, eating snacks, and it's just me, myself, and I. That's kind of like the best conditions I can be in is just to be alone and be relaxed and comfortable. Why do you write? I write to express myself. Um, I'm not that big of a talker as much as I am a thinker. And I do know like when I have conversations with people in person, um, I have to hear their point of view as well. 
And so it kind of manipulates my way of thinking in that conversation. Like, for instance, like I may feel a certain way about a certain topic, but when I speak to someone, they may influence my thoughts. And so I like to be able to express myself without being um, interrupted or distracted by someone else's opinion. So it's kind of a free feeling to me. What are your best writing tips? Let it all out, like just pour it on the paper, whatever comes to your head, like put it on the paper. There's no right or wrong way um, for you to feel. So whatever you're feeling, like that's how you feel. It's a genuine feeling. Go ahead and put it on paper. What are your suggestions for someone trying to overcome a block? Put off writing for just a moment, even if it's just for like 30 minutes, um, like not to pressure yourself, whatever you don't, you want your writing to be authentic. You don't want it to feel forced. So if you don't have anything in that moment to write, to just um, back up off the project for a little bit and then return when you have the first idea pop in your head, like. You want a fresh idea. You don't want it to be forced. Um, So I would just say, yeah, just to relax and then start writing when something does come to your head. What about editing and revising tips? I would like to think that I'm a good writer, but it's always great to have someone else's eyes on your paper, like someone who also writes. And um, I think that was very big of a help for my book. I wrote it. And then I had someone look over it to see if there were any errors. And then we went from there. So this is when I usually ask writers to estimate their submission to publication ratio. If you self-published or have a story to tell about how your book came to be, this might be a really good place for that. So when I self-published, I literally just did it like overnight. And I noticed that it it, when you self-publish on Amazon um, without going through like a big public um, publisher publishing company, it's kind of, you have to do a lot of marketing. How did you come to the decision to self-publish your book? Um, I wanted to self-publish my book because I didn't want anyone um, to tell me how to write my book, how like how the requirements, some publishing companies They have certain requirements for like getting the book submitted and published. And I didn't want to alter my book. I didn't want to um, alter my manuscript. And I wanted to be able to just be in control of everything about the book. Have you been happy that you made that decision? Um, I am happy, but I can honestly say now because the marketing strategy is a little harder um, when you're self-publishing. I think I possibly would, um, just like for my next book, I probably would reach out to a publishing company just because it's better to get the word out there of your book. It's kind of um, easier. It's a, you know, a, a broader audience to reach. Who are some other women writers we should be reading right now? So one of my favorite new authors is Trina Green Brown. She is the author of Parenting for Liberation. Um, her that's her new book, Parenting for Liberation. It's um, really in alignment to what's going on today in the world with the, you know, with the whole, um, you know, racism and things that's going on right now in the world. Her book aligns with that and 
um, teaching children how to still be liberated, Black children, still how to be liberated, how to still feel free in spite of what's going on in the world. Thank you for sharing your writing and wisdom with us today, Timnisha. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me once again. I really appreciate the time we shared. Now it's time for our writing prompt. I suggest setting a timer for six or eight minutes, putting Timnisha's prompt at the top of your page, in free writing whatever comes to mind. Remember, the important part is keeping your pen moving. You can always edit later. Right now, we just want to write something new and see what happens. Here's Timnisha with your prompt. Write to your younger self about the heroes of the past. Tell your younger self how you are a hero of the present. Do you think your younger self would be proud? I really enjoyed this talk with Timnisha Green-Kim. Isn't her perspective on self-publishing interesting? I can totally understand her desire to have control over her manuscript and publish just what she wants to. And that she thinks she might shop for a publishing house for her next book, because self-publishing requires that the author does all of the marketing on their own. You can find Timnisha Green-Kim on Instagram at authortgk and her memoir Athena's Quest, A Lesbian's Quest for Normality, on Amazon. Leaving the podcast a five-star review on your favorite platform helps me reach more writers. It also helps when you share a favorite episode with your writing friends. I'm Sarah Gallagher, and this is Fierce Woman Writing. I'll be back next Thursday with another episode. Until then, keep writing. Become a supporting member of the podcast with a monthly contribution at FierceWomenWriting.com. Get more writing prompts and engage with other writers on our Instagram page at FierceWomenWriting. Remember, women is spelled with an X. You can also help us reach more writers by sharing this episode with a friend and subscribing, downloading, and reviewing the podcast. Thank you for listening.